0: Good morning, friends. It is good to be with you again today, thinking about um this journey we've been on in epiphany as we've been considering together what does it mean to be um aware of and responsive to the way that God is making himself known in our world uh, last week, I enjoyed sharing with you just the ways that we see God revealed um in the Word right first of all, in the Word made flesh Jesus right who that is the The fullest revelation we have of God in the Word made flesh in Jesus Christ, our Savior. But also in the Word of God, the written Word of God in in the scriptures and how uh, amazing it is that we have access to the written Word of God, that we're literate, that we have translations available to us to, to learn more about how God has revealed himself through these scriptures that have been handed down to us and what a gift that is. Uh, And so today we're going to keep talking about how is God revealing himself to us today? And today I want to really focus on how God reveals his love to us in his story, also known as history, and also in our story, how God reveals himself and his love for us through his story and our story. Right. So normally I have been preaching um, a gospel text as we have uh, been gathering here together, and I'm often drawn to those gospel texts in the season of Epiphany because of just the fullness of revelation we see in Jesus. Right. But this week I felt drawn to the book of Psalms. Now. Uh, the Book of Psalms has a, a variety uh, of things. It's a big book, 150 chapters, right? There are, are all kinds of different psalms, and we read one together this morning, Psalm 136, and I look forward to um, unpacking that a bit more with you today. Now, something else, um, besides being the season of Epiphany, it's also the month of February, which is a month in which we celebrate um, our youngest birthday. Aiden turns five later this month in just like a week and a half. And I can hardly believe it has been five years since his birth. Uh, if you have heard us talk about this before, um, Aiden's birth story is um, w- was a dark and difficult season for us uh, in many, many ways. Um, we were so excited to welcome him into our family. But um, at his birth, there were some things discovered that weren't unexpected, some uh, anomalies in the way his physical body had been formed. That, as um, the pediatrician was examining him while I was still on the operating table uh, having a C section, while Aiden, and Aiden was getting his first checkup, um, there were some things that they observed from the exterior way his body was presenting that um were abnormal and so there was a decision made that he would be taken very soon after to the uh, neonatal intensive care unit at akron children's hospital and friends i am so thankful for the wonderful people who gave their time and expertise to him during his stay there at akron children's Um, it is a wonderful place and we are very thankful for, um, the gift of that, that place in those people in, in our lives. Um, but it was a difficult time, uh, to say the least, uh, Aiden was taken there. And I, as soon as I was able to be discharged from the hospital where he was born, joined him there. And, uh, it was a time of questioning of unknowing. It was a time where I felt, uh, in between spaces. I, I knew what my life had looked like before I had been, was working at Malone and I had two amazing daughters and you know, Jr was doing great and, and, and what he was doing. And we just had a wonderful family and, um, great home, great church. And so, uh, there, I, I knew, I knew what the past looked like, but I was in this in between space where I didn't know what the future would hold for us. Right. we, we ended up um, staying a full two weeks uh, in the NICU there, and during that time, we we had no idea when we might be going home. It wasn't until like the very last day that we knew, hey, tomorrow's the day. There was there was never um, a clear timeline of like, hey, this is how long this will take. And if you or someone you love has ever had an indefinite hospital stay, where um, there's just no idea when that. Time might end. You can understand um, what it's like to be um, untethered in that time, right? And so there is this liminal space, this in-between space, where uh, there there was something else that I needed. I needed I needed something else to anchor me in that time, um, where I felt just completely unanchored from from reality and um, the past and the future. What I needed was, was the kind of uh, message that we heard today in Psalm 136. I needed an anchor in the love and the story of God, and it was that. It was in that, and in, in hearing and reminding myself of God's story as told through Scripture and um, history, and the love of God is told through Scripture and 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 through the history of the church that anchored me in a time where I didn't know um what was up and what was down right so today's psalm like i said um there's a variety of psalms there are psalms of lament there are um psalms that are that are prayers there are psalms um of of celebration and rejoicing but this psalm psalm 136 that we talked about is a psalm of of remembrance right it is a psalm that um is recalling historical events things that have happened in israel's history but it's not telling them in this Narrative way that maybe we might read in the historical books or the prophets. It's telling them in more of an artistic way, uh, and it's pointing us to the point of these stories. And the point of these stories is that we should understand that God's faithful love endures forever. God, God has revealed Himself in history in these stories that are recounted in Psalm One Thirty Six to remind us that it is His love that He that He desires to encounter us with in in His. His story, history, and in our story, right? Um, the central point of this is all. His faithful love endures forever. It has, and it will, continue to. Now, the it, it, it may have felt, you know... Not not uncomfortable, but it it may have felt somewhat repetitive, right, to keep hearing this phrase and repeating this phrase as we read this uh, psalm together. But that is how the psalm was designed to be used. This was a psalm written for public worship. And so for the the people of God, of people of Israel, when they would gather, that they would recite this psalm um, similar to how we did today, uh, that there would be a call and response happening. And this was meant to ingrain the story uh, in the heads and minds and hearts of the Israelites and ingrained the message in their heads and hearts and minds as well. Now this is um, not an unused literary device, right? This is something that, that other uh, other people have picked up on and used as well to teach similar points. As you know, I love children's literature and there are uh, some great examples in children's literature that use this kind of literary device to to um, make the point and reinforce the point. One that maybe you've heard of. Has anybody ever read this story to a child, grandchild, niece, nephew, friend? Um, The story, I Love You Forever, is a beautiful, um, beautiful children's story. And it follows the life of this uh, little boy from birth. Here he is with his mother at birth um, up until the point where he has his own baby girl. And at each stage of this uh, boy, this boy's life, this man's life, um, we hear this phrase repeated. And this is a phrase that his mother sings over him as a, as a baby, that he eventually will sing over his own baby. And that is, I'll love you forever. Do you, I mean, do you, if you've read this book, you know this, right? I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Right. And that's the song that the mother sings over her son uh, throughout his uh, childhood and adolescence and and eventually um, adulthood, that she still sings this song over him Uh, and that this becomes um, a message that he takes to the next generation. And so in this story, you know, this uh, this message is repeated. Right. So if you've read this book, you know that you know that It, it sounded familiar to you. Right. And so the the message reinforces the story and the story illustrates the message. Now, this is also a really popular device in songs. Um, uh, one of the most famous bands and and songwriters in recent history um, is the band U2 led by a singer and songwriter bono he is a big fan of the psalms if you didn't know that um, he loves the psalms he has been inspired by the psalms and um, has written even some songs based on some of the things that have been written in the psalms and he and others like him often use this same style of songwriting where there is a story being told maybe it's not a perfect narrative but in between the chapters of the story or seasons of the story we hear a chorus, right? A refrain, a refrain that's repeated. And that's in that that chorus or the refrain, we hear what makes sense of the story, right? The, the the chorus helps us understand what we're supposed to be getting out of the story in the other places. And the story reinforces what the chorus is telling us, similar to what we just heard in this psalm. Uh, if you want another illustration of that outside of um, you know you 2 and, and Bono's writing, there is a very popular song out today. I think it's, you know, in the top top 100. Very close to the top of the charts. Let's check and see where it's at uh, as of today. But if you haven't heard it yet, uh, this song is everywhere. And it's the song uh, We Don't Talk About Bruno from Disney's new movie, Encanto. Right? Um, the song is being parodied everywhere. It's being sung everywhere. I heard it um, at a restaurant on the radio station recently. My kids are playing it at our house all the time. Um, but this song... The, the 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 theme is they're trying to infor- tell this uh, young woman in the family Mirabelle that we don't talk about Bruno, and then each family member explains why that is because of their experience and understanding of Bruno and what he's done. And so the uh, this chorus right that says we don't talk about Bruno illustrates uh, is illustrated by each of the stories that's told by the characters and reinforced by the repetition. Uh, and it's just, it gets in your head, right? You hear the song, if you haven't yet, you know, avoid it because it gets in your head and you can't, you can't get it out again. So next time you hear, uh, you don't talk, we don't talk about Bruno. Think instead about, um, God and how his love endures forever in, uh, Psalm 136, right? Uh, and so the, the, the other, another type of, of song specifically outside of, um, maybe some of these storytelling songs used in, in pop culture and, um, in musicals. Um, is the african American spiritual now if you uh have heard some of the just just the beauty and the depth of these songs that are that have been written and passed down to us, um they are a true true gift to the church because of the way that they uh that, that the Afri- african American experience really uh in in a lot of ways mirrors um the the experience that the people of Israel had where they are coming out of a place of oppression and and a, a life of difficulty right in a similar way that the people of Israel had had a similar history and so um african americans have really uh grabbed onto the psalms as a style of expressing um the heart and uh the passion of this experience and writing it in a way that that anchors the soul like i talked about earlier um, for, for those that are experiencing difficulty and challenges that, that feel overwhelming, that don't seem to have an end point in mind, uh, this, this psalm and songs that have been written like it bring that anchoring, right? They bring that uh, reminder that this is not all there is. My experience right now is not all that there is. God has been present in the past. He has shown his love and we believe that he will be present in the future. And so I would encourage you this week um, to, you know, find an album or a radio station that that plays some of these beautiful um, call and response style of of African-American spirituals that um, have enriched the church by the depth of the story that they tell, really mimicking this style that we see here in Psalm 136. We see again that the, the, the message is reinforced by, uh, the, the refrain and the refrain is clarified by the message. Uh, and so one more thing I want to read to you today before we get to our time of conversation and discussion, this is a commentary written by, um, Dr. Steve Lennox. And Dr. Lennox was one of my professors when I was um, a student at Indiana Wesleyan University. And this was a graduation gift he gave to me, um, this commentary he wrote on the Psalms. And he has a great uh, paragraph here on Psalm 136 that I want to read to us before we go into our kind of conversation. He says this, Psalm 136 gave Israel hope that what God had done before, he could still do. Still more encouraging was the emph- emphatic truth that God's motive in past actions was love. God's motive was love. Like Israel, we can look back on evidence of God's love and creation in sacred history, especially to the cross, and in our own history. Our, recollect- our recollections can weave a tapestry which reflects the eternal love of God. His love truly does endure forever. Amen.